The Long Box Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles The Devil's Do Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codename DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, codename Death Pro. <laughs> Professor Frenzy. <laughs> At ease, DJ Christatos. And to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christatos and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is... Brad Abraham, codename Jared 2.0, a.k.a. Sexy Jared. Welcome to Fort Longbox. Thank you for finally having me on your show. Very, very excited about this. Well, you were on our short list of people. It was a list of seven. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely wanted to rotate in our Longbox crew and then start branching out to the real uh, American Headcast crew, of which you are a part. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. A happy sense. part, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, a happy, we, proud part. We are happy to have you here. And we're excited to talk about some Devil's Due with you. But now is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruit, which is you. First, we're going to need to know what your origin story is with G.I. Joe. How did you come to G.I. Joe in general? And then we will move on to finding out who you're three favorite characters are, be they Joe or Cobra. So let's start with that origin story. Jared 2.0, sexy Jared, what you got? G.I. Joe origin goes back all the way to 1982, which to my horror is actually 38 years ago, pretty much right now. And it was really seeing the commercials for the toys, that first wave of classic toys, and then the ads for the Marvel comic. Like most boys of a certain age, I was very much into Star Wars at that time, but we were in that long gulf between movies. Uh, this is back when Star Wars movies came out every three years as opposed to every year. So this was between Empire and Jedi. I needed something new to play with. And I saw the commercials after school, seemingly every day. And I finally twisted my parents' arm or I just complained a lot. And they took me to the mall. And I got, I think it was Grunt, Snake Eyes, and Breaker. Nice. Uh, so those are the first Joes I got. And I was really into the toys well before I discovered the comic. The comic I didn't start reading until a couple of years later when I was visiting some friends and they gifted me some of their comics because they were really into comics at the time. And they were really into the uh, Real American Hero comic from Marvel. So they took me under their wing, took me to my first ever comic book store visit where I bought more comics. From that moment on, I was hooked. I think I jumped onto the Real American Hero storyline around issue 28 and I stuck with it probably through around issue 60 or maybe 64. I'm trying to remember where I kind of aged out or pieced out and kind of was moving into different areas of interest and mostly just because I found other comics that kind of appealed a little bit more to where I was at age 14 versus age 7 or 8. So that's kind of my origin for G.I. Joe. But as far as my origin of the Devil's Due comic, this is my first time reading it. So Ooh. I'm uh, welcome to Fort Longbox. Really, really <laughs> well, th- thank you for having me there. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> 
my three favorite Joes and Cobras. I guess that's easy because they're the ones of my original toy collection that I kept. Mm. Um, still here. So I'll start with a Cobra first. There's only there's one Cobra and two Joes. My favorite Cobra would have to be Firefly. Correct. The, that uh, is correct. That is the correct answer. Yes. yes. The, the camouflage version, the 1984 version. Mm-hmm. Um, Stolen mm-hmm. from some kid's shed. Oh, wait, that was yeah. me. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That was the other Jerry, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not me. No, this was – I can't explain really why. Maybe it was just because he was sort of – his characterization was as a mercenary. So he's not – he works with Cobra, but he's not of Cobra, mm-hmm. I guess. And that always struck me as being an interesting approach to the character. Plus, if you remember the packaging, that classic packaging, you know, I remember seeing the artistic rendering of what it was going to look like before I actually saw the toy. So you kind of built up in your mind, you know, what it's going to look like out of the package. And he sort of satisfied me on both fronts there. Firefly, definitely in there. Uh, my number two would have to be Snow Job oh, um, on the ooh, Joe's yeah. side. Really, just because he had the coolest accessories. He had skis, he had ski mm-hmm. poles, he had a laser rifle and a backpack. And at the time when most of the figures just came with maybe one backpack, one weapon, and that was about it. And my number one, and this is for the toy and in the comic as well, it's kind of a dark horse. His name is Ripcord. All right. And, you know, I like that. That's a good choice. And I loved it both for the action figure, what I always thought looked really cool, but also for his main, I guess, arc in the Real American Hero comic, where he was actually pretty active for a good stretch of the com- of the comic mm-hmm. series. I guess you'd mm-hmm. call it the Bongo the Balloon Bear saga, which uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds, so, sounds so strange now, but it was a really good storyline. And that whole sequence of issues with him parachuting onto Cobra Island and encountering Zartan and all the yeah, fallout from that. He was kind of central to that. So Ripcord is uh, certainly my favorite Joe. You know, I, I say that knowing Snake Eyes is nowhere with an earshot at the moment, but because <laughs> he, he is a ninja, so he could be hiding in the closet or up on the ceiling. With, That's right. There's like some sort yeah. of legal requirement that all of us Joe fans love Snake Eyes. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I like your bold choice of Ripcord. It's not one that you get a lot, and I like it, man. It's great. Yeah. yeah, that was a good series there. Some issues with Ripcord and mm-hmm. going on to the island. And ooh, I, it's, you say that, and my mind automatically goes to the cover with him and then Zartan on it. Excellent. Yeah. Brad, a big Zartan fan? <laughs> um, um, oh, sorry no to comment. open that wound up. Yeah, well, let's not bring up old stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will never hear the end of it. But if you visit my uh, website, which is ZartanSucks.com, <laughs> um, I will be, be happy to. Uh, elaborate on my feelings towards our which are, which are complicated. <laughs> the the name of the site kind of gives us <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the it was available. The address was available. <laughs> so I took it. I got. I, it. I had to eliminate all that there. Yeah. It's, well, it's one of those working through your feelings websites. <laughs> they are. Yes. Hey, Zartan's not for everybody. The feelings are complex. Although I will say, with this Devil's Due series, I am maybe starting to come around a little bit on Zartan. I don't know. Yeah, he might be a little bit easier to take now that you've seen him sort of in the most fantastical version. Here, he's he's. A little more toned down. I mean, still fantastical, but your barometer has been set, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The needle has moved slightly (laughs) in the pro direction. Excellent. Excellent. It's not not all the way over to yay Zartan, but it's not, maybe not quite as negative as my initial uh, (laughs) support. So the site's working out for you. 
Yeah, the working through the emotions is helping. Yeah, it is. It is. My therapist and I have many long conversations about reunion men. So we'll pose the question to our listeners: Pro Zartan, anti Zartan. How do you feel? Is he too fantastical for you, or is he just right in the GI Joe universe? We want to know. Let us know on our social media. Is that Longbox Crusade? And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to DJ Cristados for this episode's intelligence report. All right, well, Jared, thank you. And for this mission, we'll be covering G.I. Joe number seven. Its publisher was Image, got a cover date of June 2002, but its on-sale date was June 5th, 2002. Editor was Scott Worley. Writer is Josh Blaylock, friend of the show. Penciler, Steve Kurth. Inker, John Larder and Ray Schneider. Colorist is Hi-Fi Color Design. Letterer is Dreamer Designs. And cover art is another one by Mike Zek. <laughs> zek, Zek, Zek. That's my sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, another man at nightclub. Zek, See, I, I, zek, I'm like DJing because I'm a big yeah. Zek fan as you guys. You're listening find. to the smooth sounds of Mike Zek. Zek, 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 Zek. <laughs> Oh, but all right. Well, speaking about that cover, let's go ahead. Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. (laughs) All right. Somebody scream. (laughs) Ain't no party like a sick, sick party. party. Don't stop. Don't stop. All right. Cover description. <laughs> we got distracted. The image eye is brown this time, and the cover price is still two ninety five. The main action continues the run of Joe Cover God Mike Zek. This one's done in a golden hue, which makes one think it's either dawn or dusk probably dawn we see the greatest joe of all time beachhead on the cover inspecting some new recruits and they look terrified this might be the time for me to mention that beachhead is my favorite joe so just strap in for that on this episode everybody Mm. back to you pat all right jared thank you for that awesome coverage of that mike zek cover (laughs) (laughs) now let's go ahead and find out what the guys think of the cover and we'll start with our guest, Sexy Jared 2.0. It is Zek. It is Zek, Zek, Zek. It is Mike <laughs> Zek. So right away, I love it. Got Beachhead, which as longtime fans of this podcast will know, warms the cockles of Jared's cold black heart. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> the funny thing is, from my recollection, Beachhead never had a really big role in the real American hero comic, but he did in the cartoon. And what I've been enjoying with this Devil's Due series, which I mentioned off the top I'm reading for the very first time, is it kind of seems to be a mix of both the real American hero run and the cartoon series. And yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. giving a lot of these characters who didn't really get a huge role in the Marvel comic kind of get to step forward into bigger roles here, which is really great to see. And just seeing Beachhead on the cover facing the new recruits, you can almost hear his voice. You can almost hear him dressing down and the um, expressions on the faces of all the green shirts that what the hell did I just get myself into? <laughs> expression really sells it. You could quibble in a small way that having Beachhead on the cover means his reveal showing up in the book itself is a little less of a surprise, but Not in fair. a way, it almost makes that moment in the book when it happens kind of make you go, oh, you know something that the green shirts, you guys, as we're calling them, don't. So 
mm-hmm. it's almost like it kind of drops a little bit of prior knowledge uh, if you're following the history of G.I. Joe to know what's coming. And that was kind of fun to see as well. But yeah, Beachhead is certainly in my, maybe not in my top three Joes and Cobras, but he's definitely in my top 10. So correct. Uh, seeing him on the cover got me all excited. And I've similarly enjoyed the way the old characters are being reintroduced into mm-hmm. the storyline. So I think sure. that kind of shows in the cover as well. It's not everybody all at once. They're being added in as yeah. the story progresses. So that's, yeah. uh, that's kind of cool. Jared. You know I'm a sucker for this cover. All right. I yeah, professed my love for Zach. I professed my love for Beachhead. We have the perfect storm here. If this cover was inked by John Beatty, it would mm. be the most perfect of perfect storms. But still, I don't know if Zach inked himself on this or if he picked up an inker. I'm not positive, but it looks great. And, and Brad's right. The looks, the expressions of the green shirts, the expression on Beachhead, and you only have his eyes to get it right, is perfect. And I like what they did with the golden hue. It makes it uh, a, a warm color. It just draws your eye to it. I like everything about it, but we all know I'm the greatest homer for Zek and Beachhead, so I'm just going to sit here and fawn over it all day. With that knowledge, Pat, I will pass it to you. Okay, well, I don't have much to say about it as well either, from what both of you have said. The gold tone definitely makes this one stand out. I think there is a lot of great detail in Beachhead Mm -hmm. alone, just Mm -hmm. with his new kind of costume. You know who it is with the mask on. But I think, you know, there's a costume upgrade to it as well. So he looks really cool. And you know what I like about it is the green shirts. Mm -hmm. I like that there are facial expressions on here. And they're all looking at the guy that's probably getting, like Brad said, uh, you know, dressed (laughs) down or or something going to happen to him. The classic finger poke to the chest. (laughs) But what I like is their uniforms, too. You know, as we get these kind of new kind of recruits, the Mm -hmm. green shirts, the extra bodies here. I like that they all have conformed uniforms. And they're really cool looking to me. Yeah, he he didn't take any shortcuts. He could have gone with straight green fatigues. Yeah. But he added armor, weapons, tactical gear. He went all in. I respect that. Definitely a really nice looking cover. So I think with that, why don't we go ahead and get to the ratings for this cover. And we here at G.I. Joe Chronicles rate this on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all. And 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make it a recruiting poster. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Would I want to be recruiting in uh, show up with Beachhead? Mm. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. I need to go to the gym. But let's find out what we will rate this. So 1 to 10, Brad. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. If I saw that as a recruitment poster, I'd be giving some second thoughts to uh, joining this man. I might uh, join Cobra but... instead. Yeah. <laughs> you got a recruitment poster from G.I. Joe and you got a pamphlet from Cobra. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I'm going to give it an eight. I, I really like the cover. I, I like seeing uh, Beachhead on there. I, everything that uh, Jared and uh, Pat said about the coloring and the detailing, it captures a great little moment. And I, what I love about it is there's, it's not the type of thing that you'd expect on a G.I. Joe comic. There's no weaponry like being fired. There's no explosions. There's nothing like that. It's just sheer mm-hmm. personality kind of radiating off of the page. Excellent point. Excellent. Yeah, you, you could call it a little bit of you know fan service or whatever, but if you're a fan of G.I. Joe, if you're reading the comic because you have a history with these characters, with this series, you, you see something like that and go, oh, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Jared. There's no surprise here, Pat. 
<laughs> Let's just go ahead and mark me down for all 10 flag points. I completely understand that in the real world, Brad's probably right. As compared to other Joe covers, this is probably an eight. But this is Zek and this is Beachhead, and I can't <laughs> go anything but a 10. Homerism all day long, I admit it. What do you think, Pat? I'm going to go half seas between you two, so I'm going to go with a nine. That's fair. Yeah. Is, is it missing some action? Yeah. But I definitely see Brad's point where it's iconic-y kind of cover. That's where I'm at. I'm at a nine. I think it's fair. All right. Well, with that cover out of the way, let's go ahead and get back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. Can do, DJ Cristados. But here on G.I. Joe Chronicles, we try to mix things up a bit. So I'm going to have DJ Cristados pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will it be told from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? We won't know until Cristados pulls the lever. So give it a pull and let me know, Cristados. Uh, Jared, I, the, the lever looks a little bit like there's some weights on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I may need a little help because mm. I haven't been to the gym like I it's said. Like some resistance way. training. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll give it a try. Okay, um, hopefully I can do it. Just you know, don't tell Beachhead. All right, I don't make, <laughs> pull as hard you as know. you can. Brad, look away. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's see. I'll just wait a minute here. I think it it says Cobra. Cobra, I got it. Cobra's still in the capsule. They're getting away to water moccasins. And with him are the evil new Cobras, Firefly, Scrap Iron, and the Baroness. The story from Cobra's point of view. Well, crap. We almost got a suitcase nuke that we swiped from the Russians onto U.S. soil, but it was intercepted by stalker, shipwreck, and wetsuit, and our forces were defeated. But things aren't all bad, though. The Joes have had a cap put on their funding, so their roster of insufferable do-gooders should be kept for the foreseeable future. But not before they added the greatest Joe of all, Beachhead. What else? Oh yeah, our attack on Destro's castle went rather well. We were able to penetrate the fortress and capture Destro. But it looks like he has something interesting to tell us about his son, Alexander. All right, boys, it's time to do the highs and lows round. We're going to go through two rounds. Pat will never get out all of his highs and lows. Mm -hmm. We will start with Brad. Jared 2.0, the sexy version of Jared. Would you like to kick off round one with a high or a low, sir? I would like to kick it off with a high. This book is full of highs. But if I had to choose one, I would go with the whole opening sequence. The mm. raid on the ship. Mm. Secure the nuke. To me, this whole eight, ten-page sequence of the book, which is about almost half the book, is really a fine example, best example of what G.I. Joe does and why G.I. Joe endures when they're 100% on their game. Because for me, G.I. Joe isn't so much about these huge ground battles where everything comes rolling out. It's just nothing but explosions and everything. It's, it's the stuff that involves specialized soldiers doing their thing. And here we're sending Shipwreck and Stalker and Deep Six, sending in that team to uh, secure these nukes. And it's kind of like that scenario you'd invent in your rec room or in your backyard where you have a scenario and you start picking through the bin of Joes you have and figuring out which ones are going to go on the mission. You, you stuff them under the hovercraft or whatever you're using. You know, it, it just has that feel. It has that sort of that old school G.I. Joe feel where you, you pick the right members of the team to send in to complete the mission. And I like how it uses a little bit of the mainframes, little sci-fi doodads 
gets to turn the tide, which is <laughs> also something that maybe pushes G.I. Joe into the realm of, you could say, science fiction. But it's also kind of typical of, of the world that they've created, that they would have these little gadgets there. And I really want to know what Stalker threatened the one guy with. <laughs> he sort of whispers something to him, and he's like, okay, the nukes are over there. <laughs> Dude spilled his guts quick. It's been pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the perfect, we will never tell you anything. Oh, yeah, it's over there. But yeah, that whole sequence sort of fits, for me at least, overall what's really impressed me with the Devil's Due series so far, because I've only read these first seven issues of it. I'm going to continue this reading the story from here on in. It's really been impressing me. It's really been grabbing me. I can't believe I didn't pick it up and start reading it back when it first came out, but I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, and I guess that's what this, uh, <laughs> this, this ranks up as one of them. Why didn't I keep reading that at the time? I should have given it more of a chance than I did, I guess. That's great, man. I think I speak for DJ Cristados as well when I say uh, we're really happy that you're giving it a shot and that you're liking it. Yeah. This G.I. Joe Chronicles show has brought a couple of people to this run and we're really happy about that and we're really happy that you're liking it i'm glad that you're you're reading you've read the first seven and as you go along i know a companion podcast it'll go right along with you my friend (laughs) (laughs) what would that be it's this one pat oh oh. (laughs) speaking of pat round one high or low i'm gonna give again another high too. piggyback off of what brad said with this beginning little mission reminds me of the special missions of joe just a few of the joes getting together to do what they need to do and you know they got the special skills and what they do with those skills mm-hmm. is shown mm-hmm. here you get to see shipwreck you get to see deep six mm-hmm. and then stalker taking control was really yeah I, I forgot to mention deep six and this one introduced wetsuit back to the group if i'm not mistaken oh we wetsuit yeah. yeah i forgot to mention deep six in my synopsis he he was indeed there as well so yeah they got a good aquatic team mm-hmm. no torpedo though what's up man flop 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 <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I was I, kind of waiting for that. I think he was late for the boat because he was running in his flippers. <laughs> the flippers. He, he didn't get the speed. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh, <laughs> It was taco night. <laughs> it is in that voice. That's the voice. <laughs> That and the other kind of story going on, the raid on Destro's castle. Do you want to guess what my first high is going to be? Well, I will go ahead and let you lead into that then. I mean, just if you had to guess. (laughs) Besides Beachhead? Beachhead! Beachhead shows up. They've given him a nice hard edge that he's supposed to have, especially if you're familiar with his file card. They're using him to train the new recruits, which is his specialty. And I just couldn't be happier. So welcome back, Beachhead. And to echo what Brad said earlier, Beachhead, I always thought was vastly underused in the Real American Hero run. I get it, though. Larry Hama had like 47 characters thrown at him every 45 minutes. That's a tough ratio. So it's hard to get them all in. But as a big time Beachhead fan... Jeez, 20-something years now. I just thrilled to death to see him show up. So, obviously, he's my high. We'll talk more about Beachhead later. And we'll go ahead and get into round two, unless you guys want to extol the virtues of Beachhead. I'm all ears for that. I I like me some Beachhead. I definitely do. I've got him as a – he was one of my toys that I picked up, my figures. Good. And played with a lot. Correct. My favorite bit of the whole – 
return of beachhead sequence, I guess we'll call it for lack of a better word. And it's one of those things that you have to know your Joe ephemera to really get it. But did you notice that all the recruits, the t-shirts they're wearing are logo, the G.I. Joe Extreme logo? Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. not catch that. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I guess they had a lot of them in surplus. <laughs> to the recruits. Amazingly, <laughs> we have hundreds of these in all various sizes. <laughs> like we thought they were going to be used, but then they weren't. Yeah. We, 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 we printed so many, but they just didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. A quick question before we move on in the beachhead-ish realm. I personally found it interesting that beachhead and wetsuit got sort of brought back in in this issue. I've always associated the two. To me, beachhead and wetsuit just kind of go together. I think they were released figures in the same series, and maybe they were in an advertising piece for like the Devil Fish or something like that. I don't know why, but in my head, beachhead and wetsuit always go together. Is that just me or Brad? You look you're like right, you have something. You're right. No, going back to the top when we talked about Ripcord and his little Cobra Island adventures, I do remember. I think Beachhead and Wetsuit were both introduced. I think in issue 47 because they were on the cover, oh. and it was Hawk and Beachhead and Wetsuit on the Devilfish. Ah, that must oh. be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I do remember that? So they all did show yeah. up in the same issue, but I kind of racked my brain trying to think of where else Beachhead showed up in a prominent way in the comic. He may have shown up in special missions a bunch of times. He seemed a little bit more of a special missions mm. character. Oh, I think but, you really hit the nail on the head because I was thinking it was an advertising piece, which it was because yeah. the comic was. But I think you're right. I think it was that cover that made it yeah. in my brain that they go together. Although, don't quote me on this. I'd have to look it up. But I think Beachhead was in the first special mission story that was the backup story in issue 50 of the Marvel comic, Ooh. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's like an air, in a hijacking. The hijacking was right. I remember Flint yeah, was yeah. in it. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Fair enough. Well, thanks for indulging me. And it's back to Brad for a high or a low for his second and final round. Make it a good one. I was going to split hairs here and say that after the opening mission, this is a low. Things mm-hmm. kind of get a little less exciting and more talky, but that's mm-hmm. fine because you have the big action opening. You kind of need to pause and move the story forward so it's not just action action. If there's one thing that's really nitpicky that I would say that didn't quite jive with me at first was regarding the return of Deep Six because he seemed a little off for me uh, characterization wise from what he was in a real American hero and his whole thing in real American hero the Marvel comic was you know he was called a bit of a cold fish not, mm-hmm. not really talkative kind of keeps mm-hmm. to himself you know got riled up Wild Bill in issue 25 I think it was and he was just this kind of aloof type of person and he was said that he's good at his job he's not here to be friendly here he seemed a little more friendly so maybe in the interim between the Marvel series and the Devil Do series he, he learned how to make friends <laughs> and, and be less of a jerk that's fair end, so. no that's the one thing i remember about deep six from the marvel run is that he's just kind of robotic just do my job and that's it type yeah. Of yeah no that's fair but those are again nitpicks. Like i said there are not many lows in this issue or in this series so far for me even including zartan so <laughs> well if zartan's <laughs> winning him over i don't know what else yeah, to say. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think pat I'm going to play a little twofold here. Oh, there's a surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the last. I got to get my stuff out here. Now, you know I'm going to ask at the end if I anybody know. has I any burning highs or lows. Yes. There's extra more, Brad. Just don't worry. Oh, boy. Here we go. What you got? Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to go with the art, too. I like the art in this. Very well done. I think it's the art and the colors in this mm-hmm. that really stand out, especially when you get around the techie kind of a stuff, the highlights of the reds and just the different lighting that's being used. Really 
shines to me on mm-hmm. this. I think Steve Kurth has some very interesting designs. I think this is the first time, though, because a lot of the books have had multiple anchors, but this is the first time I could actually feel multiple anchors because some of it seemed a little softer than others to me. I don't know if that was just me, but it, it, the art felt just a little uneven, not bad, but uneven. And that's probably because they had two anchors working on it. That's my suspicion. Yeah, it could be. Plot spread. The art I've liked overall, although I realize looking at it now, and this is another thing that's going to make me feel way too old, was it feels very much like sort of typical of the artwork you'd find from a early 2000s comic coming post 90s. And in some cases, it feels a little busy mm. um, compared to the original Marvel run. You know, that, that being said, if you do the math, the beginning of the Devil's Due series is about as far removed from the Marvel series beginnings as we are right now in 2020 removed from the beginning of the devil's news series you're looking at about 20 years wow yeah so you know 20 years from the start of the marvel run to devil's do and then same from devil's do to now so it may just be like my eye has kind of become used to comics like modern day comics because i Mm -hmm. took a bit of a lengthy hiatus from comics collecting in the late from the late 90s till maybe the Mm -hmm. late 2000s so that could maybe be part of it it's just not quite hitting that same spot that rereading the old Marvel series does. But mm-hmm. I think once you get used to the art, you kind of get used to the style. If you can get used to it, I think it, it does a really good job. And as Pat said, you know, a lot of the technical aspects of it, the, you know, playing the technology and everything gives it a real sense of how this stuff would kind of look in real life as opposed to just in a comic book. I think that's well said. For my final round, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to give it another high. I liked the hint of Storm Shadow during the aquatic battle at the beginning. I was saving that for my special notes. Oh, I stole one from you. Mm-hmm. I saw the silhouette. And I was like, wait a minute. I wasn't what's, sure. What's going on there? And then at the end, when they revealed he had sort of attached himself and infiltrated the base, I was like, Storm Shadow, you That's rascal. <laughs> <laughs> that beginning silhouette, I'm like, oh, is that Torpedo? Oh, and I thought, I was like, is this a Joe? What's going on? I was yeah. like, no, they want us to notice this silhouette. Something's <laughs> up with this silhouette. Then they revealed at the end that rascally Storm Shadow, and I just mm-hmm. love little things like that. I was like, ah, he's inside now. Storm Shadow's inside. Things are about to get sketchy. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of a little fun and a, and a little clever. So, you know, we just got Storm Shadow back, I think, last issue. Yeah, he just year. showed up. He just yep. showed up officially. So anyway, that is the end of the official highs and lows. Let's look to Pat to see if he has any burning ones. And then, Brad, if you have any after Pat, we'll take your burning thoughts as well. All right. Well, you did steal my burning one on <laughs> Storm Shadow. I was saving it for the end, for the end. Meow. Uh, that, that was awesome <laughs> to see. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Cobra side of it, too. You know, with Cobra just coming down to Destro's house. and Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk a lot. Gun to that. gun. That was a great panel there, too, where they're both faced mm-hmm. off pistol mm-hmm. to pistol. Very John I Woo. Thought, yeah, I thought that was very <laughs> cool. And then Destro's castle turning into this ultimate fortress. I thought it was going to turn into like Voltron or something. <laughs> I thought so, too. <laughs> got to see the fangs. Got to see the mambas. Mm-hmm. Got to see the Iron Grenaders in action as well, mm-hmm. too. It's good times, uh, the Trouble Bubbles. Trouble Bubbles, that's yeah, right. They call all the toys out there, so it's very cool. So I like that sequence and Cobra Commander coming down and going, getting on Destro, this is what you did to me. I'm going to bring it to your house. And Destro pulling out his card mm-hmm. wasn't me. Wasn't me. It is old Shaggy. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, Shaggy. Wasn't me. 
<laughs> Bring out his boy to take the throws blood, his so. throws his kid under the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not <laughs> nice been pleased dad. with his son. That's fun. That was good. All right. Any final burning highs or lows or final thoughts from you, Brad, on the issue? I think what I am appreciating about this series, just starting into it, is it acknowledges the passage of time. It acknowledges that it's been about seven years in this comics continuity since we last saw these characters, and to sort of see them on both sides coming together. The tease of Storm Shadow throughout this issue, and then seeing him at the end, you're like, oh, it's Storm Shadow. Then you have to ask yourself, well, which Storm Shadow is it? Who is he aligned with? Is he Mm -hmm. still brainwashed by Cobra, or is he chaotic neutral, or is he working for the Joes? You don't really quite know where he fits in. And it's the same thing with on the Joe team, where where Beachhead comes back into play, where Wetsuit and Deep Six show up as well. They weren't there at the beginning, but they're kind of brought in. So you kind of get a sense of all the pieces kind of being pulled back Mm -hmm. into play. And I think of all the characters, favorite characters of mine that haven't shown up yet. Like I mentioned Firefly off the top. Like I, I'm sure Firefly is going to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. I have yes. no idea when because I'm yes. like seven issues in. So. <laughs> but I, can, I, can, I can see Jared's kind of... Yeah, you know, I just... The very few things I remember about this run, but I really like what they did with Firefly. Yeah. And it might divide some fans when we get there, but I remember there's one thing they did that I was like, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's been the real fun of this. It's Even though I'm familiar enough with these characters through uh, my collection of comics and mm-hmm. uh, some of my toys and doing the uh, headcast real american headcast show as well so i'm familiar with it but it's kind of interesting to see these characters and the, these uh, scenarios in a different light sort of a different interpretation and kind of moving the characters ahead and introducing some new characters too i'm kind of intrigued by this is another surprise of the the expansion of the zartan family mm-hmm. is, is interesting to me and i'm like okay this is kind of interesting maybe that's why i'm starting to get a little more on board <laughs> because I'm interested in what's knowing what happens next. So. Yeah, Zadia is kind of a cool character. So they've done, um, he's done some good stuff with them here. Yeah, it's it's almost a tragedy. I mean, you could say it is a tragedy that they brought Real American Hero back through IDW, and then this whole run becomes what they call disavowed, like it yeah. never happened because they kind of link back the Marvel to IDW. Yeah, but. In a sense, it's a tragedy, but in another sense, it's like this almost secret pot of gold. Yeah. It's like just this pool to play in. And I almost wish Josh had known that this was going to happen to him so he could have played even crazier. In this, in this pool. But there are crazy things coming. There are some Good. crazy things coming. I will tell you that. Yeah, it was such an interesting run, and I'm just glad you're here for it, Brad. I'm glad yeah. to be here for it. Yeah, that's cool that you started picking it up and going through it. So, Have I mentioned on this episode that I'm having the entire run hardbound? Not yet, Jerry. Not, okay, well, I am. Not because, yet. Pat. Let's get it out there. I'm so fancy. You already know. I'm so fancy. fancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so check in the box for that. Yep, done. And with that, I'll hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. All right, and for those of you that don't speak military, like me, but I'm learning, it's, you know, seven episodes in. <laughs> that means we're going to score this issue story on the same one to ten flag points scale we used earlier. And with that, I'll hand it over to Brad to tell us one to ten flag points on the story. I'm going to split the difference and give it a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost makes it a 10, but I'm not deep enough into the series yet to know what's coming. Like if there's a Stone Cold classic in it, like Silent Your Loot or mm-hmm. Panic at the North Pole. Mm-hmm. But 
I think mm. as a piece of storytelling, I would rank this pretty high. Yes, it's a bridge issue. It continues the previous story's action. It sets up the next, but it just throws so much fun stuff in there on, on an action level, on a story level, on Cobra infighting and the Destro family dynamics and everything. In a book like this, you think, oh, that's just kind of, okay, it's, it's almost soap opery. But in this case, it's really interesting. And again, I think it gets back to the fact that there's like this unexplored seven-year gap between the end of Real American Hero and the launch of this Devil's Due series that mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happened in there. It's kind of being teased out. And mm-hmm. I think it does a good job of getting you interested in the characters more than the fact that, oh, hey, it's G.I. Joe back in action. If you grew up with these characters, you have a vested interest in who they are and how they play off of each other. And you kind of want to see them doing their thing, but you want it to be interesting and you don't want it to feel cheap or exploited, which you get in a lot of stuff. I think you see, especially nowadays with reboots and relaunches of mm-hmm. old properties. And it's like they just take the name and they take the logo and they throw something else onto it. But you can tell that this series was done with a lot of love and Definitely. a lot of respect from the creative team. So, Definitely. yeah, I mean, I'm reading this. these. I'm kind of mentally comparing them to the Real American Hero run. So in that sense, this would be right around when the October Guard was first introduced, if you want to go by a parallel. So I'm happy that I'm still very early into this series. So the bar is already set pretty high with this issue and what I've read so far. So I'm looking forward to reading more and following along with uh, you guys as you go through on your podcast. Awesome. Jared. I'm going to land on a nine as well. I think this is a really solid continuation. Not much to complain about. Beachhead showed up. What more do I need to say? I'm giving it a nine. I'm right there with Brad. I'll just say it shorter. <laughs> Brad was right. It's a nine. Brad was for right. me. <laughs> so, DJ Cristado's thoughts. I am also going to give it a nine as well, too. Just like Brad said, it, great storytelling in this one. And you had great action as well, too. Not only on the Joe side, on the Cobra side. And then you have the intrigue, not only with Storm Shadow, but also with the jugglers. Ah, you, know, yes. you know, they're kind of getting their hands mm-hmm. in this again. So I think uh, uh, I think there's something to come there as well, too. I was a little disappointed. I forgot to mention this earlier. I was a little disappointed we didn't get anything else on Jinx and the Dreadnoughts. Remember, she was like spying mm-hmm. on them, but mm-hmm. like Cobra knew she was spying on them, like they were setting her up for something. Yeah. No update yeah, on maybe that. Maybe that's to come, though. Maybe that's to yeah, come. Yeah, I'm sure it is. We're, no, in, just, we're in part two of the four Joe part. is always a slow burn. you got to yeah. be prepared for that. Definitely. So I think with that, now it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry in action. This is where we each get it to reward the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky snakeness. Ooh. Ooh. So, Brad, Jared 2.0. Who's your silver star or your silver snake? I'm not sure if this would be a silver star or a silver snake because he only appears at the very end. I'm going to give it to Storm Shadow. Because all this stuff's happening in the foreground and he's just kind of slinking around the background doing what a ninja does. It's making me plan another quick trip up to my local store and see if he's got the next <laughs> issue in there. I'm sure he'll be happy to see me. I'm, I'm In this environment, I'm sure he'll be happy to see any customers coming. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be uh, making a return trip. I'll slap on my hazmat suit and head, out and head outside and turn out your, your big deep them. six full body. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more G.I.J. 
I'll take a box. Jared. Now I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. If this was a Duke's Hazard episode, everything would pause, and I'd be like, now I know what you're thinking. You've seen Jared in this position before. You think I'm going to give the Silver Star to Beachhead, because I love looks him like so that much. Beachhead's in heap of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I had already made my decision. I thought I was clever. I thought nobody else would pick it. I was giving the Silver Snake to Storm Shadow. <laughs> oh. And you know what? I'm sticking with it. That's the thing I remember most from the issue. Of course, I love the Beachhead showed up, but that little, oh, there at the end, Storm Shadow. Mm-hmm. Mwah, perfect. Silver Snake goes to Storm Shadow. What about you, Pat? I'm going to give two here. Oh, Pat. Yes. <laughs> that's what that's what I do. You do. You really do. But one I, for I, you and Joe November said you could give away one for Yes, him. exactly. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that, Joe November. My first one is going to be to shipwreck in the beginning. You know, he sneaks up on that other guy and, and mm. stops the Cobra wannabe guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Lay that fool out. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's being part of the team. That's what you do. Right. And I want to also give it to, I don't know what her name is, but she's one of the trainees that just mm-hmm. takes out that other training guy. Mm-hmm. And she takes yeah, it out. Yeah. I was like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I, and that's why I say she gets the half because I don't know who she is. She played the game real well and just, boop, mm-hmm. you know, she's doing. Maybe so she I'm going to give it to her too. Anything else, Pat? You know, just. <laughs> As you're running amok. <laughs> no, no. You're the Oprah Winfrey of this. You're getting an award. And you get an award. <laughs> good issue. It so, was good. It was. So with that out of the way, now let's go ahead and hand it back over to Jared, mm-hmm. since he doesn't want me to talk anymore, mm-hmm. for his segment of Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Welcome to Death Probe's Toy Chest. In this segment, I will take something or someone who is featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I have selected, to no one's surprise, Beachhead. Alright, Beachhead. His file name is Wayne Sneeden is great as E6. His birthplace and the reason I decided to make him my favorite G.I. Joe circa the year 2000 is Auburn, Alabama, which is where I went to college. That's what leapt him up to the top, and he has never left my number one spot since I discovered that. His primary military specialty is infantry. His secondary specialty is small arms armorer. Here's a quick figure description. Most of you know, green mask and green shirt with a black tactical vest, camo pants, and black combat boots. He looks super sweet. Accessories included a gray submachine gun, a black backpack that had a crossbow mounted on it. How dope is that? And a black ammo satchel. It's not a purse. It's a satchel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Figure history. He was released as a carded figure in Series 5 in 1986 and was discontinued in 1988. And as of this recording, there are 17 versions of the Beachhead figure. Not too Ooh, shabby. Interesting. And I'm pretty sure I own every single one of them. <laughs> so that is Beachhead. If you've ever read his file card, the short and sweet of it is he's extremely patient. He's steely. Not afraid to put in the work. And that is Beachhead. And I dig it. It makes a great trainer. You know, and he does train the new recruits. Yeah. I can see where you like that as well, too. Yes, I do come from a training background. So mm-hmm. there is that. All right. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. Call it G.I. Joe. Go get Breaker. He can do it. 
As always, we'll start off combat comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusaders Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com. I love beachhead. <laughs> .org. .org. Early access to special long box episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Woof. Oh. oh. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. David Collins. Bat Bat Battleway. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Heeks. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ronald Went. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy Price. Toronto Cop. And the one-time donor of Bradford William. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you to the list soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out soon. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. It is so simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search out Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you will get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. So, like, I could do that? You can. And you? I, and you can do it, too, yeah. And Brad? Brad can do it. And me? Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Bridge too far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're holding out, Jason, for that special moment. <laughs> When we hit a big number. A big number. Yeah. So that's when we're going to let Jason in. So, Jason, if you're listening, I know you are. Your time will come. Time will come. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Until then. Yes. <laughs> stay strong, my friend. Stay strong. <laughs> now, let's go ahead and see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's ComSat. Communications officer. Code name Breaker. Uh, Breaker. Come in, Breaker. Breaker, Breaker, come. Well, here's the thing, Pat. Oh, we yep. got bunches of likes, retweets, shares. We had like 40, 45 shares and retweets, tons of likes, but mm -hmm. not a single comment on last episode. <laughs> oh, so no. Breaker's ComSat is radio silent this time oh, around. No. Must be something. Let me, we're going to have to check the wires on that one. And yeah, we see. will. So, yeah, hey, you know, we get lonely, we get bored. So make sure you drop us a comment. Do you love Zartan? Do you not love Zartan? Do you love Beachhead? Do you not love Beachhead? Storm Shadow. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You know? Yeah. These are questions that we need to hear from you guys on. So let us know. But we really do appreciate all the likes and the shares mm -hmm. and all those retweets. That's wonderful. But yeah, give us some chit chat, y'all. Yeah. And while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind giving us a uh, rating on your favorite listening platform, especially iTunes, those ratings really 
help us out. Definitely. So with that, that will bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. They can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Thanks, Pat. And if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Where can they find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all Yard Sale Artists. And I invite you to my new YouTube channel. If you check mm-hmm. out the Yard Sale Artist or just Yard Sale Artist on YouTube, you'll find me and I'd really appreciate a Subscribe. subscription. Yes, thank you, Pat. And the moment you've all been waiting for. Brad Abraham, Sexy Jared, Jared 2.0. Pimp yourself out, sir. What products of yours can they acquire? What websites can they go to? We want to know more. Mm-hmm. If you like stories, you can mm-hmm. check out my novel, Magicians Impossible, which is, as one would assume, it's spies and magic, and it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. It's in bookstores. It's been in bookstores for a couple of years now. It, it's a lot of fun, or so I'm told. Uh, <laughs> it, it won some awards. It, ah. it, it, not, it not some pretty uh, impressive reviews. I'm quite proud of it. But if you want to catch up with me elsewhere, my social media is not Brad Abraham, and uh, my website is Zartan I mean... <laughs> bradabraham.com easy to mistake the two give a shout out talk to me I'm, awesome. I'm lonely here in quarantine so. <laughs> man Brad and I have been like G.I. Joe podcasting friends for like a year two years now and I didn't yeah. know about Magicians Impossible that sounds awesome why thank you sir. I gotta get on that man that's just a great yeah. concept and a great title by the way <laughs> yeah. it's whole origin was me trying to say Mission Impossible with Magician uh-huh. came out of Magicians Impossible and we had a title so. <laughs> like bingo that sounds cool dude is it available digitally as well or only in bookstores? It's available in bookstores. It's available, on, uh, I guess, on the Amazon Kindle and all that stuff. It's available uh, from the library. Audible? I believe it's on Audible. I know there's an audiobook of it, which is oh. actually pretty pretty, pretty darn good. So That's how I like to consume most of my novels. So I'll be on the lookout for that, dude. That's awesome. Well, if you'd like to interact with us, with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We recently did a James Bond trivia episode. That was a bunch of fun. Mm -hmm. We usually do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we usually start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Get the latest and greatest on that. Just monitor our social media accounts, which are, Pat told you, it's all at Longbox Crusade. You can get signed up for our YouTubes by looking up Longbox Crusade on that YouTube site, and we'd really appreciate a subscription. And click that bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live. We'd love to chat with you. That's the main reason we do it, to chat Mm -hmm. with listeners as they are putting the live chat in. We, we love it. So yep. please join Lots us. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. And that's it for all the pimpage. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue number eight. Until then, platoon, fall out. Fall out. And yo, yo Joe. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it.
Gerard. Gerard. <laughs> You'll get it. We've only been friends for four years. Yeah, I know. Uh. I think I got it. <laughs> I think he might have pooped himself a little bit. 